faith is the anchor of a victorious life. And we understand that faith only comes by the word and that word is in your bosom. As the word says, as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Stay tuned as we lead pastors of Victory Life Bible Church International, Apostle Lawrence and Reverend Paula Achudume. Feed your soul and spirit with the word of God. Hallelujah. Can you celebrate Jesus with a big clap, please? Can you make some noise with it? Hallelujah. Father, we celebrate your faithfulness. We thank you for this beautiful Sunday. Thank you for the privilege of sonship. Thank you for the gift of Abba Father. Thank you for the joy of salvation. Thank you, Lord, for our nation, Nigeria. Thank you for Oshun State election. For the victory that shows you as the Almighty that no man can pocket this nation. Nobody's in charge of Nigeria but you. But we thank you for greater things will happen in our nation. More surprises in our nation and in people's lives. Today have your way. Bless somebody. Change somebody's story. Those who are here and those who are watching online. And one thing we promise you, we will give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. Can you celebrate Jesus as you take your seat? Hallelujah. I want to share with us today on the power of the altar. The power of the altar. Please give me attention and focus on the altar too. And if you're writing, write fast. I want to talk about altar. And this is very important and very strategic in the town we are living in. First, what is an altar? You can define altar in different ways. But I can say that an altar is a place where divinity meets with humanity. Where divinity meets humanity. It's a place of exchange. Either for good or for bad. People have taken people's names to different altars. They said, I want this person's marriage to break. I don't want this person's business to prosper. And they bring a token. And then they do something. That is what we call in this part of the land, Shigidi. Are you here with me? They make a caricature. So it's a place of exchange. It's a place of power. It is a place where the spiritual influences the natural. Because whatever is done on the altar, depending on who you are, and the altar working for you, your life is influenced, either negatively or positively. 
Altars are very powerful. Many of us live in communities where they say, like where I come from, my own village. You don't kill snake in my village. Because they see snakes as their God. And snakes and snakes don't even bite people there. You can come around and play with them. That is the altar they serve. And such communities have rules. There are some people that don't eat snail. Not because snail, not for health reasons, but because of the conditions given to them by what? The altar. They serve what you call shrine. I also live in a village where it's not crocodile. That brother of crocodile is an alligator. Alligator is seen as a god and is found in all their altars. When somebody gives birth, you see the animal come and crawl and dance around the new baby as if coming to greet. And these people have rules. They may say, don't eat certain kind of food. Don't behave in certain manner as conditioned by the altar. Because every altar has voice. Altar speaks. Altar may speak good or speak evil. Praise the Lord. And the altar you submit to governs your life. The altar you believe in tells what happens to you. Tells how your life will be. That's why it becomes dangerous to claim to be here and to be here. At the end of the day, none will work for you. Of course, every altar has a priest. That's what the Bible says. By a prophet of the altar, which they serve, he brought them out. Are you getting my interpretation here? Are you with me? If you are with me, say big hallelujah. hallelujah. He said, by a prophet, he brought them out. A prophet cannot bring them out because he's a man. The prophet is a priest of an altar to which the people he's bringing out are committed to. And also by a prophet, he preserved them. Who knows the rules and conditions of the God of the altar? Because every altar has a God. A time in this land, one of the most occultic people came, sent a message to me. After many battles I went through, at a point I was so sick I couldn't be touched. Nothing, you can't touch me, everything was going, but I knew it was not medical. And in the midst of that, I was crying, that man said to me, Say, tell Lawrence or tell Pastor Lawrence that that thing he's using, 
that made it impossible to get him. Let him keep holding to it. There are experiences I can't forget. Let me say, I promise, take scriptures that there are altars and there are altars. The superior altar will always overpower and destroy whatever a lesser altar has promulgated. For example, I will come to that a little bit more. Second, Second Samuel 3 3. Second Samuel 3 3. Can we go there quickly? And then we check Leviticus and I will run from there. Second Samuel 3 3. And then after that, give me Leviticus chapter 6. Give me verse 1. Now, there was long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. Remember, what did they call them? House. And every house has an altar. But David was stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul did what? Waxed weaker and weaker. Ladies and gentlemen, as your amen with thunder, the house of your enemies will go weaker and weaker. Yeah. That amen sound like your neighbor's amen. Your house will get stronger and stronger. You will not be defeated. You will not be brought down. Your enemies will not laugh last. Please give me your attention in a few minutes this morning. Please, I beg you. Focus, not just focus on me. Let your spirit be on God. Expect something from God. Because something will happen to you and you don't know. Except you see the manifestation and you will see it. So focus on the altar. Like I said, every altar has rules. There are people that don't eat snail, not because of health reasons, not because they hate you, because they were told by their fathers or by their mother in our family, we don't eat this. An altar gave them the instruction. Altars give them. There are those that don't even eat gari. You'll be surprised that there are Nigerians that have never eaten eba or amala. Anything called swallow. Because an altar told them, I have a brother, a cousin, who is like that. In Leviticus chapter 6 verse 13. Leviticus 6 13. Today, whatever you have eaten that is of the altars of evil, it shall be destroyed. Whatever is growing in your body, growing in your life, in your business, that a product of any altar, it shall be destroyed. Can I hear better? Amen. Can I hear thunderous? Amen. Leviticus 6.13 Shall we please read together? The fire shall ever be what? Upon where? It shall never what? It shall never go out. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. This is a condition. Okay, let me explain it further. Genesis 22 verse 7. Let's look at it. Genesis 22 7. 
so that we can get it better. Are we there? Are we there? Are you with me? Are we there, church? Now let's read together one goal. And Isaac spake unto his father, Abraham, his father. What did he say to him? And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father, he said, Here I am, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Now you can find three things there that are needed upon the altar. Are you here with me? Now they are going for a sacrifice, and Isaac said, My father, behold, there is fire, there is wood. Where is the lamb? So, how many things are needed on the altar? Three. Name them fire, then wood, and what? Lamb. In this case, they have two. His own case is complex because he didn't know is the third. So, three things are needed in every altar. You need a fire, you need the wood, you need the lamb. But today, I want to dwell briefly on the wood. Because in the first case, without the wood, the fire will go off. Are you with me? And without the wood and the fire, if you put a lamp there, it's not a sacrifice. You are not here. Are you with me, church? So I want to dwell today. Maybe if God give us chance, next Sunday we'll talk further. But let me dwell on the wood, which is very important on any altar. Because it takes the wood to produce the fire. It takes the fire to make it a burnt offering. Otherwise, to keep a lamp on it without anything, you have wasted, not wasted, you have just, you are doing cartoon, cartoon, you are playing cartoon. So, what is this, what does wood stand for? Wood stands first for service. Or your labor. Wood also stands for the word. In Jeremiah 20 verse 9 to 12. Jeremiah 29 to 12. Jeremiah was speaking. And I said, I will not again. Then said I, I will not make mention of him. Nor speak any more of his name. What did I say? But his word was in my heart as what a burning fire shot up in my bones and i was weary with forbearing and i could not stay the next verse for i heard the defaming of many fear on every side report said they and we will report it all my family watched for my healing for my hurting saying peradventure he will be enticed and we shall prevail against him and we shall take our revenge on him. The next verse. Read together now. But the Lord is with me. As what? A mighty terrible one. Therefore, my persecutors shall stumble. And they shall not prevail. They shall be greatly ashamed. For they shall not prosper. Their everlasting confusion shall never be what? Be forgotten. Ladies and gentlemen, follow me. I'm going to talk about service and the word. It takes the word for a man to be kingdom committed.
when you hear and people say ah this that child that christian is on fire that person is on fire a christian cannot be on fire except he's loaded with the word what makes an excited christian is the word what makes a happy christian is the word that word have i hid in my heart that i might not sin or do wrong against you it is the word show me a christian who is active excited to be in the choir excited to be an usher excited to be in the protocol to be in security to be in welfare it is because the word gingers him ginger is that not the language is that the language see is it which the ginger you You see somebody who is excited every Sunday, every Wednesday to come to church. It is the word. He said, I found your word and I ate it. You say, Christian, waking up early in the morning, carried the devotional and began to study, carried the Bible. He's excited to eat the word. That is what makes a child of God to be on fire. That is what ignites your altar. That is what brings joy. You say, Christian, eager to pay tithe, eager to give offering. This day, pastor, forget to announce offering time. Or they say, pastor, you miss offering. You miss offering. But some people, if pastor mistakenly mistake and forget offering time, you will say, thank God. But a Christian who is fired up by the word, he wants to fulfill every covenant key that will give peace to life. Talk about evangelism, he's there because he understood by the word. Talk about prayer meeting, he's eager to pray because he takes the word to become a prayer warrior. Any prayer prayed without the word is ordinary riki. That's how, that's how I find people go to a wedding and you see an unbeliever praying for them and I say, Amen. Anybody can pray. It doesn't mean it carries power. It takes the word of God for prayers to carry power. Anybody can make a riki and you think he's praying. He's just a riki. And you find that in almost every traditional wedding where you see drunkard making a man out of so even quoting Bible. And you are saying, I mean, I mean, I mean. Empty words. What makes prayers to carry power is the word behind it. And the word is a product of the altar you are coming from. Somebody shout a big hallelujah. Hmm. It takes the word for you to get up early enough to say, I'm going to clean the church. The house of God. It, the word brings understanding. And this understanding, it was activate your kingdom service. Your kingdom service. Hmm. 
First Corinthians three thirteen. First Corinthians three thirteen. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by what? By fire. And the fire shall try every man's work. So talking about work, all he has to do with your service. Follow me, I'm going somewhere. I want to show you how the altar can work better for you, depart by the altar. Remember, we say, believe the Lord thy God, thou shalt be established. Believe his prophet, who declares from the altar every church ordained by God, established by God, has an altar with God. And not only an altar, every altar has an angel assigned unto the church in Philadelphia, right. Unto the angel of the church in this, right. Malachi 3.18 hmm. Malachi 3.18 Then shall you Do what? You shall do what? And then do what? And the Zen Between the righteous and the wicked Between him that does what? Between who and who? Him that served God And him that served him not So at the end of the day what determines what you become is whether you are serving, which means you are on fire or you are not serving. And if you are not serving, you are tamed as the wicked. Between them that served the Lord and them that served him not. Now let's go to verse 14 first of all. Verse 14. Let's check verse 14. What is there? Verse 14. What did he say? You have said it is vain to do what? Can you say it louder? It is what? And what profit is it that we have kept his what? Ordinary. That is, we have kept the rule of the altar. We have kept the rules of the altar. And there was the next thing. And that we have walked monthly before you, the Lord of hosts. You have said, verse 15, verse 15, and now we call the proud, what? Happy. Yea, they that walk wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. That is our assumption. That is our thought. The unbelievers, the wicked, looks more happy than the righteous. They appear to get things so quickly and so easy by manipulation, by crooked means, by any way. And sometimes want to get envious and jealous about them. And then you make comments. I told the name last week, Tuesday, one of our boys in the media here, whose wife gave birth after nine years of waiting, nine years. And the testimony is that he said, in the message he said to me, he says, sir, this is a reward of service. He said, nine years of trusting God for a child, I never failed to do my assignment in the church. Not once did I see this young man sad. You can't guess he has a problem. 
Nine years, no child. He said at a point, he stopped praying to God to answer. He said, God, even if you won't answer me, answer my pastor's prayers. Who are now pitying me? He said, but he kept his commitment. He kept his service. He said, you will return. And find out and discern between them that serve him and them that serve God not. You know a child of God, an altar that is born in by the service and the commitment of the people who are there. Not grumblers. You pray for one thing, you didn't get it. You turn. Your language change. Speak against pastor. Speak against everybody. You murmur. You grumble. And each of these grumbling and murmuring takes you many years backward. They begin to choose when to come to church and when not to come to church. Because your fire is quenching. You're only bearing a Christian name now. No fire. If there is fire, you will tell your neighbors, let's go to church. You will tell your friends, let's go to church. The psalmist says, I was glad when they say, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad. Not I was begged to come. Not I was dragged to come. I was glad. Before they say, let's go, I say, I am ready. I am ready. I was glad. It takes the word to trigger your service to make your fire to burn. Daniel chapter 6. Daniel 6, verse 16. Daniel 6, verse 16. Am I blessing you here? Am I blessing you? Don't worry, you'll soon be happy. I'm, I'm, take, I'm just going to take you through the process. Daniel 6, 16. Then the king commanded. Of course, you know the story about Daniel, how they had to throw him to the lions then. Not because of an offense committed, but because of envy and jealousy. Envy and jealousy. And hear what the king said. An unbeliever king, not a born again king. And the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of what? Lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Now watch this. I'm the king. I know he's accused. I can deliver him. But the king has to protect himself. He let them put him in the lion's den. The same king, he said, Daniel, Today we will know whether your God is God or not. And I said, an unbeliever, thy God whom thou servest continually, not occasionally. Not when it is well. Not when I have gas, not gas, petrol in my car. Not when I have money in my bank account. Not when I've eaten over feeding. Thy God whom thou serve, how continually he will deliver you. Simply put, Daniel, I leave you in the hand of that God and that altar you have mentioned all your life. This is an unbeliever talking to Daniel. This is an unbeliever talking to Daniel. I know that God will deliver you 
whom thou servest assuming Daniel didn't become an example that everybody knows he's serving God continually you say that God Daniel I leave you into the hand of that God whom thou servest how long continually that is to say Daniel has an altar Daniel the altar you believe in we crave you then give me verse what verse 18 verse 18 then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting neither were it was a music brought to him now verse 20 or verse 19 verse 19 then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lion what did he say read now together verse 21 go and he yes he cried with a loud voice and said unto daniel oh daniel servant of who is thy god whom thou servest continually able to do what so even the king was not sure but the king knows that if he served that God continually, he will deliver him. Was he able to deliver you? Now, in the first case, look up, church. What brought about this problem? Altar. Are you here? Anybody who will not serve this thing, let him be what? Are you here with me, church? What was the condition? Nobody should pray to another God. Except the God of of the of the land, idol. Then I say, no. I have my own altar. I have my own God. And he went in, opened the windows, and prayed like before. He worshipped like before. And they say, King, Daniel disobeyed. He must suffer it. Altar was speaking. Either you bow to the altar of the devil, altar of poverty, altar of sickness, altar of shame, or you submit to the one that can deliver. Was your God able to deliver? Verse 21. What did he say? Verse 21. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. 22. My God. My God sent what? His angels shut the mouth of the lions. Knowing that I've done no wrong against him. But has Daniel done any wrong against the altar of the king? Yes. But the altar of the king does not have superior power over Daniel. Because those lions are not ordinary lions. Altar down to this one. He said, no. I'm too big to battle that to that. I'm too big. Today is a new day for somebody. That amen is for your neighbor. Today is a new day for somebody. Today is a new season for you. Today is a new day for your life. When a man comes to the altar, like the case of Daniel, his mind is changed to become God. 
when you come to the altar in sincerity the impossible becomes possible what men says cannot be are changed on the altar of the most high on the altar sickness disease poverty financial failure business failure are changed to good health to prosperity to abundance to sound mind on the altar every altar has a voice Hmm. A man called Ezekiah in Isaiah 38, 1 to 5, understood the power of the altar, and that every altar has a voice. A prophet of no mere repute, like a man called Isaiah, came to him. Are we there? Isaiah 38 from verse 1. In those days was Ezekiah sick unto death. Isaiah the prophet, follow me, he was sick unto death. Please give me attention. And if you think you know me, can you for a season believe you don't know me at all? He was sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos came unto him and said unto him, Thus said the Lord, set your house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. That's a prophet speaking. That's Isaiah speaking. Then Hezekiah what did he do? Can you say it louder? What did he do, church? Turn his face towards what? And did what? What Ezekiah did was he faced the altar. Prophet, I heard you. You are a man. Dream. I saw the dream that I died in dream. Thank God I woke up. Another opportunity to change the dream. You are not here. You are not here. You are not here. Did you hear what I said? I saw the dream. I fell into the pit. I saw the dream. I lost all the money. I saw the dream. I died. I saw the dream. He died. I, I saw the dream. She died. I saw the dream. The business is, called, is dead. But thank God I woke up. Another opportunity to change the dream. You are not here. You are not here. Whatever you saw last night can be changed at daytime. The prophet came and said to him, Don't let that dream make you afraid. Get up. Face your altar. Get up. Face the world. You have an altar. That's why we are called Victory in Life. Victory in Life Bible Church. Our name is Victory in Life. Not poverty, not sickness, not untimely death in life. Victory in Life. That is the name. Understand the name. Live according to your name. Face the altar of victory in life. In your bedroom, face the altar. In your office, face the altar. In your kitchen, face the altar. Where Hezekiah was, he faced the altar. He didn't face the man who brought the prophecy. He faced the altar. And what did he say? In verse 3, 
hear what he said and he said remember now what will you remember remember my services remember my offerings I pay my tithe I sow seed I even give prophet offering I did this I did that remember now if now where was he saying that one on the altar I beseech thee how I have walked what I walk before thee Malachi say we have walked monthly we have walked monthly before thee I walk before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and I have done somebody say done that means I have served I have labored I have done that which is good in thy sight and Ezekiah wept he didn't weep because of the prophecy he was crying to God of mercy will you see a man who has done this and not show him mercy will you see a song winner and not show him mercy will you see a kingdom builder and not show him mercy and Ezekiah wept before the Lord life is easy if you know how to serve God on the altar faith and the word meet together and become a reality faith and the word meet together verse 4 I love this one verse 4 then came the word of the Lord to whom Isaiah verse 5 saying go and say to Zechariah, thus says the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard your prayers. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days how many years? Isaiah, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. Go and tell him I've changed my mind. When the God changed his mind, when a man who understand the power of the altar cried on the altar. Stop crying to men face the altar face the altar stop beating yourself stop looking at what the devil is doing stop magnifying it face the altar he cried on the altar see oh God Isaiah go back go back I see your story changing today I see your life changing today I see the impossible becoming possible. I see God doing great miracles in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Why was Ezekiah able to change the prophecy? Because he understood the power of the altar. Altar is a place of manipulation for good or for bad. Destinies are destroyed or built on the altar. Your fathers built many negative altars. So many of us struggle. Your mothers built many negative altars. Hallelujah, somebody. Let's look at Genesis. Hmm. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his world Genesis 18. What a glory he shall. 
on our way when we do his goodwill he abide with us still and for all who we trust and obey obey no other way to be happy but to trust and obey let's take Genesis 18 let's put a 40 from verse 1 and let's look at what is there are we ready and the Lord appeared unto him Holy Ghost help me here help me here in the plains of Mama and he sat in the tent door in the heart of the day and he lifted up his eyes and looked and lo three men stood by him and when he saw them he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself towards the ground that is altar and said my lord if now I have found favor in thy sight pass not away and I pray thee from thy servant verse 4 let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let's read on. And I will fetch a muzzle of bread and comfort your ears, your hearts, after blah, blah, blah. You stop there for a while. Later I'll come back to verse 6, verse 8. Look up, church. Let's look at verse 1 again. Hold on. How many people did you see? Read verse 1 again. Hold on, verse 2. And so what? Good. Are you ready? Are you ready? So, who did Abraham see? Lord or three men? What did verse 1 say? The Lord appeared. Are you ready to hear this? Who appeared to him? But what did he see? So, where is the Lord? The Lord appeared, that is what we are told, and that is the truth. But what he saw were three men. But deep called unto deep. Abraham quickly knew these three men are not ordinary. When the Bible says the Lord appeared, Abraham didn't know the Lord appeared. These things were written from understanding. But Abraham saw three men and saw them as Lord. Are you following me? It's like the woman in the book of 2 Kings 4 from verse 8 that said to the husband, I perceive that this is a man of God. Let's build him a house and furnish it. Let him be comfortable to do his assignment. Am I communicating to you here? Are you with me here? So there's a place of discernment and sensitivity. Abraham, he said the Lord appeared but Abraham saw three men but Abraham knew that these people are not ordinary, he went to them and bowed that is, he worshipped he said please, don't go away let's make a what? sacrifice, altar let's get food for you, altar Sarah, quickly get it done how many servants does Abraham have? Now, give me from verse 6. Give me from verse 6. Watch verse 6. <coughs> verse 6. 
Verse 6, sir. Can we clap for the media team, please, so they can do it better? Nice, sir. Clap for them, please. They have done a good job. <laughs> now, verse 6. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready, quickly, three measure of what? Of five meal. Knead it and make cake upon the earth. Verse 7. And Abraham ran into the head and fed them and prepared them for them to eat. The next verse. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he did what? Under the tree. And they did what? And Sarah served them food. And then after serving them, suddenly they were eating. Sarah left. Showed Abraham. Abraham went and stood by the tree. He didn't go and sit down with them and be telling story. Abraham went and stood by the tree and watched them eat. One, in this story, we see Abraham serving. Servants wait upon their altar. After you have put the sacrifice, wait to watch for the next thing. Abraham stood waiting. It's like the woman when Elijah said, Call me that woman. What do you want? The woman came and stood by the door. He didn't enter the room because I'm the one that built it for him. She came and stood by the door, not inside the room. I said, Alanto are calling me, waiting. You want something? She stood by the door. Service. I want to ask a question. How many servants does Abraham have? How many servants? Eh? Abraham has 318 servants. 318. First question. Why didn't Abraham send any of the servants to prepare the food and to serve them? Do I still have your attention? Why did he not send any of the servants or two Quickly go and bring the animal. Quickly go and bring water. You go and do this. You go and catch the animal. You bring bure. You go and bring this one. You set the fire. And then Abraham will sit down somewhere and cross legged and say, serve them. Ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to the issue of altar, it's you and the altar. You leave your servants when it comes to God. I know you are a boss where you walk, but you come to the house of God, be a child. Be one that serves. That is where you get the reward of the altar. Sometimes I some of you, when they come to offering, you give your children, go and give because you are too big to come out. You even give somebody, help me drop it as you go. You think your money is that important that your life is it, are you, going, you are going to give offering? Take my own. Help me drop her. Help me drop it. Take my tithe. Help me give apostle. Get me, give him. Give him. Give him. He wants money. Give him. Is somebody hearing me here? I know you. I know you are not happy with me. Are you happy with me? Can you clap for Jesus then? 
I know you have a car, but please don't stay in your car and send your offering to church. Don't stay in your car and send your tithe. Abraham could have sent any of the servants to do it. He did it. He did it himself. And when the angels were going, they said, Shall we hide from Abraham? Give me verse 17 now. Verse 17. Shall we hide from Abraham that which we want to do? And the Lord said, Are you seeing the Bible now? Who said it again? And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I want to do? This is three people saying, Shall I hide? Are you, are you with me? Three people are saying, What? Shall I hide? Three. Because if you are not careful, you will think the Bible is a story book. It's a mysterious book. Shall I hide from Abraham? That which I want to do. What led to this? He saw Abraham worship. He saw Abraham sacrifice. He saw Abraham served. He has servants, but Abraham did it by himself with his wife. Some of you will not be in church on Sunday. You will send offering to church. You think your offering is what you build in the church? Your soul, your life is more important. Say, please, Pastor Nicholas, if you go to church on Sunday, help me drop my offering. If we drop it, I will take it as man, but I don't know whether God accepted it. There is no offering or is achievement will not take. Are you hearing me? Do you want the truth? Do you want the truth? There is no offering or is achievement will not take. But it is another question. Did God take it? Because every offering must be given heartily. And the Lord said, Shall I have Abraham that I want to do? What's the next thing? Seeing that Abraham shall surely do what? Become what? A mighty nation. Uh-huh. Shall be blessed through him. Uh-huh. The next verse. For I know him. That he be what? Does Abraham have a child at this time? No child. But because of what Abraham has done, I know him. He knows the altar. He will be great. He will have children. In chapter 17, God has promised Abraham a child. 25 years ago, God promised Abraham a child. Until in chapter 18, before God said, Where is Sarah thy wife? By this time, next year, verse 13 and 14, your wife shall conceive and have a child. Sarah laughed. Why did you laugh? But Sarah's laughter could not cancel the altar they have made. Sarah's laughter could not cancel the service they have rendered. Sarah, whether you laughed or not, you will have a child. And chapter 21, verse 1, And the Lord did unto Sarah as he has spoken, and hearken unto Sarah as he has said. Why? The altar. Now, go down to verse 20 or 21. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is what? Is great. And because their sin is very grievous. The next verse. I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come. Verse 22. 
And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before who? Before the Lord. Altar. Let's go down. I want to show you something. Let's go down. And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. But Abraham, the next verse, the next verse made that quickly. Let's run. What did Abraham say? Peradventure, there be 50 righteous within the city. Will thou also destroy and not spare the place for the 50 righteous that are therein? What did the Lord answer? That be far from me. Read on, read on, church. Now look up. Do you know the story? You know the story. How Abraham began to negotiate. Now, what gave Abraham the power of negotiation is the altar he's coming from. See where I'm going to now. Let's read on further. Let's read on. Then, give me the next verse, 26. Now, read on. And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sake. The next verse, watch now. And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord and but dust and ashes. The next verse. Peradventure, there shall be how many? How many? How many? Uh, read on. Will I destroy them also? Now let me look up now. Are you ready? If there are 50, will you still destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? The question is, what gave Abraham? Because at that time, these three men were there. Abraham was talking to whom? To the Lord. Where he was standing. What gives a man power into mysteries of life is the altar you are connected to. Now, when a man comes before the altar, you have the power of negotiation. You can negotiate your life. You can negotiate your destiny. That's why Apostle Paul said, he said, look, for me to die is gain. For me to live is for your good. He said, I don't know which of them to do. Should I die? Should I live? Well, if I live, for, let me live. Are you there? You are not here. Are you here with me? Power of negotiation. You can negotiate your destiny. You can negotiate your life. You can negotiate sickness. You can negotiate death. You can say, no, I won't die. I shall live and not die. You can say, no, this sickness must go. You can negotiate it with God on the altar. You are not here with me. Are you following me? You can negotiate poverty or prosperity. If you have 50, will you destroy them? He said, no. Abraham, look, no 50 there. What about 45? He said, no. 35? He said, no. 30? He came down to 5. And God was patient with Abraham because he knows Abraham is operating from an altar. Don't just cry. Don't just make noise or pray from the dimension of the altar. It makes man confident. It gives boldness. It gives you access to the treasures of God. The altar. Can say this sickness no more on this altar today and get ready whatever you don't want in your life today they shall go that amen is for your neighbor that amen is for your neighbor that amen is for your neighbor can you say amen to Jesus now
don't want shame. You don't want defeat. Don't cry. Hit the altar. Repair your altar. Am I blessing you here? Now, talking about altar. We find also that there are altars. There are superior altar. There are lesser altar. In Numbers 22, we see a lesser altar contending with the superior altar. And I will title from there. Numbers 22 from verse 1. I think so. Numbers 22. And the children of Israel set forward and pitched. Hmm. And pitched their tent in the plains of Moab on the side of Jordan. Verse 2. And Balak the son of Zippor saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. Uh-huh. And Moab was so afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. Mm-hmm. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up also, blah, blah, blah. And Balak the son of Zippor was king of the Moabites at that time. Verse 5. Verse 5. Read together. He sent messengers, therefore, unto Balaam, the son of Boah, to Petor, which is by the river of the land of the children of Peter. He called him, saying, Behold, there's a people come up from Egypt. Behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide against me. The next verse. Come now, therefore, and do what? I pray thee, and do what? Curse me, these people. For they are too mighty for me. But adventure I shall prevail that we may smite them and that I may drive them out of the land. For I know that him whom thou blessed is blessed and him whom thou cursed is what? Is cursed. Come and curse them for me. They are mighty. Come. Give me verse 23. Chapter 23. Let's look at the response. 23 verse 1. Chapter 23 verse 1. 23 verse 1. Are we there? And Balaam said unto Balak. What did it, can you please stand as we read it on together? And Balaam said unto Balak. Build me where what? And what? And what? The next verse. Mm-hmm. Hold on. Did Abraham stand? Yes. Stand by your heart. Yes, read on. The Lord will come to meet me, and whatever he showed me, I will tell thee. And he went to an high place. Now give me verse 5 because of our time. Verse 5. And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Return unto Balak. Until shall thou speak unto him. Uh-huh. He came in stand there. Give me verse 18. And he took up his parable and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear, hearken unto me, that son of Zippah. Uh-huh. A commandment to bless. And he has blessed. I cannot reverse it. Let me just tell you something here. Now, are you ready? Are you ready, church? 
Balaam saw the people of Israel like somebody saw you. He said they are great. He went to a man who has an altar. A native doctor, a false prophet, or even a prophet that goes to the mountain to curse people. Come and curse them for me. But, you know, when there are altars, there are superior altars. What they didn't realize, there's an altar working for the people of Israel. That they are beyond curse. That is to say, therefore, that the altar of the children of Israel is superior to the altar that Balaam is trying to make to curse them. And say, look, you can't curse a man that God has not blessed. Because the battle of life are battles of the altars. So the altar of the children of Israel is superior. Read it to chapter 25. Three times or five times he built altar in different dimensions to cause them. God came down. Don't cause them. Why are they not causable? Their altar is superior. We have a superior altar. Therefore, whatever is not of God Today, as your amen with thunder, it will die. Whatever is not of God in your life, in your business, as you realize today, the power in the altar, your altar, whatever be the negative thing, sickness, financial challenges, marital challenges, crisis in the office, People are doing things to stop your progress. They are doing things to frustrate your family. It takes an altar to respond. And we are in here today for that battle. We are in here today for that battle. In Acts chapter 10 verse 1 to 4, the angel came to a man and he said to him, thy prayers and thy arms has come to God. There was a man, he said a man of where? Caesarea. Called by the name Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God how many times? Always, continually, like Daniel. Verse 3. He saw in a vision. So when a man stays on the altar, you see visions, you see revelations. Before problem come, you saw it. You handle it. You don't live in fear. You are not scared. You are not intimidated. You are not living in bitterness or envy or jealous of anybody. Because those things are hindrances of the altar working. Anger hinders your altar from working. Bitterness, envy, jealousy, hatred. You had that in your mind. You had that in your mind. You had that in your mind. Like you are praying. Verse 4. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and he said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thy what? And thy arms are come up for what? A memorial to God. Come for memorial. Today, two things you are going to deal with. Or you are going to understand. Remember, you can negotiate your destiny like Abraham did. Like Ezekiah did. Abraham negotiated. Ezekiah said, God, remember now how I have served thee, what I have done. And look at your prophet coming to give me this prophecy, which is not positive, it's bad. 
And God says, I'll go back and tell him. I've changed it. So whatever is wrong can be changed now. But it depends on you, not on any man. Am I communicating here? It depends on you. Mine is to show you the way. Teach you the truth about the gospel. There is no sickness that can, on the altar, everything positive is possible. On the altar, you can return the arrow back to the sender because you have a superior altar. You can remove barriers on your way on this altar today. He saw upon Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance. And the house of Jacob shall possess her possession. We are in Mount Zion. And there is deliverance here today. Is somebody hearing me here? I say what? There is what? Deliverance. I mean today. Colossians 2.10 And stand on your feet. Colossians 2.10 What a friend we have in Jesus Oh Our sins and grief to bear What a privilege to carry Everything to God and pray. Oh, what needless forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry. To God in Hallelujah. Colossians 2:10. Shall we read together one goal? And you are complete in him, which is the head of what? All principalities and power. So there is no other power superior to Jesus. No other name superior to Jesus. I, I, I checked Facebook in the night and I saw somebody wrote a very nasty thing. Sometimes you want to be like, you want to wish you belong to a religion where they can kill people for blaspheming. Just go and remove the person's head for blaspheming. And the person wrote there, he said, uh, Jesus lost an election. The thing grieved my spirit. And he went down to write that it was, election was between a pilot, Barnabas, and somebody else. And he lost election to Barnabas. I quickly, for the first time, I, I wrote detail on his comment page. I said, please delete it now. See, this is nonsense. He never contested an election. He has no reason to contest an election. He's a king in his own class. He is lord of lords. King of kings. Who will he contest with? Mortals. I said, delete it now. And I left. I came back after I to come and check before I block and delete and I saw he remove it quickly. He never contests with you. He has no parliament. He has no house of assembly. Job said, who can query him when he says a thing? Who can that say, he say, I have received a commandment to bless. He has blessed. I cannot reverse it. No negative altar can work against you except you permit fear, doubt, unbelief. And you stagger in unbelief. 
and you are looking for who caused your problem and hating people and jealous, envy. Somebody shout a big hallelujah. Somebody shout a big hallelujah. Are you ready to pray today? You can negotiate your life. God, if there are 50, will you still destroy the land? Negotiation. Ezekiah, oh God, remember now what I have done. Why am I having this problem? Negotiate it. I stand today upon the altar of victory in life. Not sickness. Not disease. Now look at me. The altar you believe is what works for you. If you don't believe on the altar and the priest of the altar, no matter what you pray, you are just doing a rick. Believe I doubt this. You will believe it. Believe the Lord that God that shall be established. Believe prophet, you prosper. Scriptures, scriptures. Are you ready, church? Are you ready? Can you please stand if you are still sitting? Can you please stand? Can you begin to talk to God by yourself? From what you have heard, can you talk to Him? Can you talk to Him? Can you talk to Him? What altar? Can you reconstruct your altar, repair your altar? If there is a repentance to make, can you do that very quickly now so that we can pray? That problem lingers because there is something you are holding on to which does not allow the power of God to flow. That problem lingers because you have not given up. You are holding on to men. Truly leave men alone and let's deal with the altar. Can you talk to God now? Everybody talk to God. Lift up your voice and talk to God now. Can you talk to God? I want to pray. Talk to God now. Talk to God. Lift up your voice and talk to Him. Lift up your voice and talk to God. Lift up your voice and talk to God. Tell Him, negotiate your life. Negotiate your life. Negotiate that situation. Negotiate that situation. Which one do you want? Which one do you want? Life or death? Sickness or good health? Are you watching online? Which one do you want? Negotiate it. You can decree it now. Abraham said, God, let's talk now. God, let's talk. Don't just accept anything that comes your way. Negotiate it now. Negotiate it. Negotiate it. Can you talk to God? Can you lift up your voice and talk to God? Lift up your voice and talk to God. Negotiate it. Negotiate it. Lift up your voice and talk to God. Lift up your negotiate your life. Negotiate your life. Prosperity or poverty. Which one do you want? Good health or sickness. You can get up to them and be healed. Barrenness or childbearing. 
business failure or poverty or, or prosperity negotiate your life now promotion or demotion negotiate your life now forget what men are saying forget what men are doing negotiate your life now negotiate your life every altar has a voice superior altar we cancel negative voice from the altar from inferior altars there are altars there are altars in your father's house that are speaking negative things there are altars in your mother's house speaking negative things can you pray focus on the altar repair your altar pray it doesn't matter who they have invited to come and curse you it doesn't matter who they've invited to curse you lift up your voice and pray lift up your voice and talk to him it doesn't matter who they've negotiated with it doesn't matter who they've spoken to to come and curse you it doesn't matter who is working against your life lift up your voice and pray don't ever think you are too small don't think you are too young can you pray destroy that evil altar before it destroys you destroy that negative altar before it destroys you destroy that altar now destroy that negative voice now lift up your voice and pray Lift up that voice and talk to him. Settle your case with God. Every negative altar, every altar speaking evil, speaking destruction, speaking poverty, speaking sickness, speaking sorrow. Every altar. Don't take your life for granted. Don't joke with your life. Can you pray? There are different altars and they are speaking. The altars are speaking. Why are things not working well with you? Why are things so slow? Why are things so slow? Lift up your voice and talk to God. Lift up your voice and talk to God. Can you pray? Can you pray? You are praying for yourself. You are praying for yourself. If you will shout for joy, you will shout by yourself. Can you pray? Don't say it's talking about them. I'm talking to you. Your life. Your life. Put the blame before God. 
weariness is not your portion sickness is not your portion disease is not your portion today i remove every curse in my life let the altar of victory in life defend me the altar of victory in life lift up that voice and pray lift up your voice and pray oh thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you father bible said the lord came to abraham but abraham saw three men take note you see pride there are different types of pride different types of pride there are some pride that look like holiness but it's pride there are many many christians that are proud but they don't know unfortunately there are many levels different kinds of pride Abraham saw you see the Lord came but Abraham saw three men Abraham served them himself Abraham 318 servants whom he raised in his house because when Lot was captured God said Abraham took 300 what? 18 men servants they have wives they have children male and female he could have sent any to go and serve those three men he said no Sarah two of us will do it go do it some of you come to church and be doing swagger and be doing big boy and big girl that girl will not marry you I've been warning you That boy will not marry you. I've been warning you. If you won't serve God well, nobody wants to marry a girl or a boy who is not committed to God. Not in this end time. Not in this end time. Because life is terrible enough for one devil and much more two devils. Life is a struggle enough for one man how much we have another person who is struggling with close heaven that disaster come and curse them for me curse poverty sickness shame failure business failure anything curse them for me he said no there's an altar walking behind them daniel is your god whom that survey continually is that altar able to save you yes you will lift up your hand today and surrender to God. Father, whatever is speaking negative language in my life today, by the altar that Jesus is the head of all principalities and powers, Colossians 2.10, let them be destroyed now. Can you pray in the name of Jesus? Pray that prayer. Colossians 2.10, pray in the name of Jesus. And I want to pray. I want to bless today. I want to bless today. I came to bless today. He's the head of all principalities. So he can tell smaller altars to give up. And today, I hear the voice of God telling every smaller altar to give up. 
to give up. I want to pray. I want to pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Lift up your two hands to heaven. And please, with a heart of expectation, like Abraham did, he said the Lord came, but Abraham saw three men. You may hear my voice, but I wish you can hear the voice of God. You may hear my voice. I see somebody being healed of a chronic leg pain for long. It just happened now. You may hear my voice, but I wish you can hear the voice of God through my voice. Today, I speak as one who has heard from God. And I speak into your life that from today, the altar in the name of Jesus, let it begin to work in your life. I speak today that the altar and the angel of victory in life not sickness not disease Lord I remember that day I saw it that day victory in life I declare today in every area of your life receive victory receive victory in that problem receive victory in that sickness receive victory in that pain receive victory in that business receive victory in that battle receive victory and the house of Saul became weaker and weaker and the house of David stronger and stronger today in your life become stronger in your business become stronger in your final become stronger in every area of your life become stronger become stronger become stronger in your health in your business in your marriage in your finance be strong be healed be strong be healed in the name of jesus i know you had a dream you died somebody died you had a dream they threw arrow at you you woke up you began to see it you made a mistake because you're waking up it's an opportunity to change it it is not for you to accept it's to change it that's how you woke up but today it is not late whatever transpired in the spirit realm of your life Whatever transpired in the heavenlies, in the places of darkness, where your names were taken to, and they threw arrow, they did something in your business. As I bow my knees on this altar, I saw Amen with thunder. It is destroyed in Jesus' name. That problem from the roots, from the root, from the foundation, it is destroyed in Jesus' name. It is rooted out. I root it out. I remove that sickness. Remove that disease. Remove poverty. Remove shame. Business failure. Removed. Removed. Hatred. Removed.
removed in the name of Jesus. Whatever God did not plant in your life that is green, Jesus is the head of all principalities and powers. Is the head. That is, Jesus is superior to every other principalities and power. And John 10 10 says, Do the thief come and not to steal? They came to kill and to destroy. But Jesus, the head of all principalities, he came that you might have life and have it in abundance. Life is prosperity, life is joy, life is good health. Therefore, today receive life. Whatever is dead in your body, receive life. Receive life. Receive life. Receive life. Receive life. In any part of your body, receive life. Everything growing that God did not plant, today I command them destroyed. Uprooted from the roots. In the name of Jesus, I release financial blessings. Marital blessings, health, good health, sun mind, prosperity, special favor, special honor in the name of Jesus, special honor, special favor, receive it in Jesus' name. Lord, I give you praise today. I declare as I wave my hand, watch me now. As I wave my hand, whatever even wind the enemy brought to you that's affecting you, now it is removed from your life. Out of your life. Out of your body. Out of your health. Out of your business. Out of your home. You are free to have joy. You are free to shout for joy. You are free to be at peace. You are free to celebrate. You are free to dance. You are free to jump up. Can you begin to dance? Can you begin to shout? Can you begin to celebrate? Can you begin to shout? Can you shout for joy? Let somebody shout for joy. Let somebody shout for joy. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Hope you were blessed by that inspiring message from our lead pastor and we pray it bears fruit in your life. For more transforming messages, do subscribe to our YouTube channel at Victory Life Bible Church or keep yourself updated via our website at www.victorylifebiblechurch.org. You could also follow us on our social media platforms on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at VLBCINT. God bless you.